podcast where we talk about all things related to running and really great food. Hello and welcome to the Up and Running podcast. My name is Paul Ventura and I am your host. I want to thank all of you who've been consistent listeners to the show. Your support is very much appreciated, so thank you. If you're a fan of the show, please share it with all of your friends. Sharing the show is really important for the show to grow, and more importantly is leaving a review on iTunes. So if you haven't already clicked on that, left a little review, please do so. It'll help the show grow, and more importantly, it'll help make suggestions to other people who haven't come across it yet. Today's episode... I'm going to be focusing on my top five picks for West Coast running spots. As I've mentioned before, I travel for my job. I'm a busy sales professional and I travel up and down the West Coast. And when I travel, I always try to get runs in wherever I am. And so I've had the opportunity to run at some pretty amazing places. So that's what I want to share with you today. Topping the list at number one is Yosemite National Park. What can I say about Yosemite? Wow, what a perfect and absolutely stunning place to run. Yosemite offers so much natural beauty. You can't help to fall in love with it when you see it for the first time. The majestic peak of Half Dome is visible from any place you are on the valley floor. Doing one of the many trail runs in the park during the summer months takes you on trails that feature a mix of dirt and granite rock, and you'll cross streams and creeks along the way. Each trail is surrounded by tall pine trees, and under the forest canopy, the ground is covered by all sorts of plant life, including ferns and native brush. Each run, in my view, is absolutely breathtaking, both by the beauty around you, as well as the particular run that you choose to do. And there are a number of runs that you can choose that span the level of difficulty from easy to hard. You can run the valley floor, for example, which is called the Tulum Meadows Trail, which is an easy one and a half miles out and back. Now, if you're looking for something more challenging, you can run the four mile trail, whose actual distance is more like 4.8 miles. And it also features a strenuous climb and numerous switchbacks. But be aware, you'll encounter oxygen deck quickly into this run, so be prepared. Once at the top, You'll enjoy breathtaking views of Yosemite Valley, El Capitan, Yosemite Falls, and Half Dome. And you'll likely see climbers, rock climbers, on the side of Half Dome cliff camping. And what that means, if you don't have never seen it, is it means that they actually anchor themselves into the 
sheer side of Half Dome and sleep there at night. And then when they wake up the next morning, they continue their climb. It's quite a sight to see. So my recommendation is to do your runs in Yosemite early to, number one, avoid the summer heat and the many hikers and tourists that are on the trail later in the day. So my favorite part of running early and getting my runs done in Yosemite in the early part of the day is that I get to look forward to breakfast. And waking up in a beautiful place like where many people camp and you know, you're in the outdoors, like Yosemite, my pinnacle is, is breakfast. So I'm looking forward to, as I'm nearing the end of my run, sausage links, bacon, pancakes, eggs, and of course, the hot coffee. Yum. So when you can make a trip to Yosemite National Park, it will be something you will remember your entire life, especially the first time you go, and you'll return over and over again. Making the number two spot on my list of favorite West Coast running spots is the beautiful neighborhood of Corona Del Mar, California. I've mentioned on the show before that my absolute favorite place or places to run are the beach. And Corona Del Mar is exactly that. So Corona Del Mar is a beautiful and quaint little neighborhood in the city of Newport Beach, California. What makes this neighborhood unique is that it's nestled along PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, and it meets the ocean where several large bluffs overlook the Pacific. A great place to start your run is to park off of Goldenrod Street. Start on Goldenrod and cross over the Goldenrod Footbridge. This bridge is a piece of Corona Del Mar history. It was built in 1928 and it serves as the link from inland CDM, as the locals call it. So for the people of CDM to have quick beach access, the, the bridge works great. The bridge is hard to miss. It's lined on either side with colorful pink flowers. Once you cross the bridge, you're only a short block or two from Ocean Boulevard, where you'll find stunning homes with manicured lawns and gardens that overlook the ocean. Continue on Ocean Boulevard, as it travels east and you'll come to Inspiration Point. From here, you'll see a stunning view of Big Corona, which is a large bluff that has a small beach nestled in a cove. There's a prominent stone arch that you'll see out in the cove, and it makes for spectacular views of crashing ocean waves. This place is absolutely magnificent to behold. I've posted a picture that I recently took of Inspiration Point on my Instagram page. So be sure to check that out. I'll tell you how to get to that later in the show. So to get the full effect of this magnificent view, run down the pathway that winds down to the beach itself 
Be sure to have a camera, your iPhone, your Google phone, whatever can take a photo. Have it handy because you're going to want to take pictures while you're there. And then once you're done with that, you can get your heart rate pumping on the way back up the hill. From there, continue on Ocean Avenue until it turns into Poppy Street and you'll pass a Tudor-style building that houses the Five Crowns. The Five Crowns is a fine dining establishment known for its prime rib. Mmm, it's good. It's crazy good. Continue on Pacific Coast Highway westbound, and you'll run past a variety of Corona Del Mar shops, from unique furniture stores, a movie theater, a toy store, and of course, the local Starbucks on Goldenrod, and you'll end up back where you started. This loop is about a four mile loop. And once you're done with your run, if you, you've run early in the morning or if you wanna catch lunch, you can uh, stop off at Brugger's Bagels. Brugger's Bagels is a bagel shop on Goldenrod and they serve one of my favorite bagel sandwiches there, which is called the Herbie Turkey. In the number three spot is the city of San Francisco, and specifically the Filbert Steps Run, also known as the Hidden Steps of Coit Tower. Why is this run so great? Because it starts with a seemingly endless flight of steps that start with an extra long staircase that winds upward, first left, then right. And this run features over 400 steps. So as you can imagine, it is quite the workout. Some of these steps are concrete, some are metal, and some are wooden. As you do this run and as you're ascending those steps, be sure to take a moment and stop and look behind you because the views of the Golden Gate Bridge are incredible. This run starts across the street from Levi's Plaza. So before you actually do your run, be sure to stop into the Levi Strauss building. This is the actual corporate building for Levi Strauss blue jeans. And there's a small museum in the building. It's free to go in and it features some really interesting history on the world famous Levi's blue jeans. So in that museum, they feature a pair of the original Levi jeans dating all the way back to the late 1800s. It's pretty cool to see. You can also see one of the original textile machines complete with blue cotton on it and you can see how the hundreds of individual threads of blue denim are woven into a pair of Levi's. As I mentioned before, this run is a really great workout. When I did this the first time, I thought to myself, when do these stairs end? And literally, these stairs just feel like they keep going and going. At one point, you're climbing the stairs and you're literally in someone's garden. Yeah, their backyard garden. But when you're at that point during the climb, it gets real peaceful and lush and green. After a while, as you're continuing to ascend the steps, you'll find yourself on some streets in a neighborhood. So when you're there, look across the street and you'll see where the steps pick up again. You'll also see some phenomenal views of the ocean down these streets. As you get to the top, you'll find a final set of stairs that leads you to the backside of Coit Tower. 
Hoyt Tower is something you can't miss. It's a, it's a fairly tall structure, um, kind of like a tall cylinder. Um, and inside, it's worth stopping inside if you have the time. There's some really beautiful murals that were painted by artists back in the Depression era, and they depict California and its labor history in agriculture. And the painters who painted those murals were supervised by none other than the famous painter Diego Rivera. So there's a little bit of history there. It's worth stopping in. It's really cool. Um, so when you're actually just at the base of Coit Tower, that's when you've now ascended the steps. It's a great opportunity to catch your breath. And you also have some really great views of the Golden Gate Bridge and parts of the city from there because you're you're up on top of a hill. If you want to make the run longer and continue on, then you can take Stockton Street down to the Embarcadero. And the Embarcadero is very famous in the city of San Francisco. It's basically the waterfront where the Navy piers are. And there's multiple Navy piers. And if you take the Embarcadero and you travel west, um, you come to Fisherman's Wharf. And that's another really famous spot in San Francisco. There's a lot of uh, food vendors there where you can get really fresh seafood that they've caught just that day. Uh, so if you want to you know, take a little break on the run, uh, I recommend stopping off and getting a lobster roll from one of the many vendors that are there in Fisherman's Wharf. So the best part of this run, as you make your way back from Fisherman's Wharf, and if you decide to come back to Coit Tower and then down those stairs, um, it makes it about a six-mile run. And as I mentioned, the best part of this is uh, you don't have to pay for parking. San Francisco is a city that uh, is quite expensive to find parking for your car. So a good way to accomplish this run is to uh, maybe Uber to Levi's Plaza and then look across the street and you'll see the Filbert Steps. And then you can complete the run and come back and maybe take an Uber back to your hotel. So I highly recommend this run. It is a phenomenal workout and a really great way to see some sights in San Francisco. And people ask all the time, why do you run? And I tell them, it's absolute freedom. Some people think runners are crazy. That's just because they don't know. They don't know. They, they just don't know. Number four on my list is Lucadia State Beach in Encinitas, California. So for those of you who may not know where Encinitas, California is, it's just south of Carlsbad and 30 minutes north of San Diego. If you want to find an exquisite place to run and catch an amazing sunset, you've got to visit and run on the beach at Lucadia State Beach. So Lucadia State Beach is actually three different beaches. It's Grandview Beach, Beacon Beach, and Stone Steps Beach. What makes these beaches such a draw is that they're a bit off the beaten path and a bit secluded. All three beaches are known for great surf and as a result attract many a surfer. The sunsets here are absolutely amazing with long views of the beach that stretch for miles 
making for really great photos. There's also a strong golden shimmer quality to the sunsets here because the beaches are narrow. And so you're actually physically closer to the water and your 180 degree view is directly out to the ocean without a marina or a pier in your view, but instead open water. Just be mindful that at high tide, you'll likely get your running shoes pretty wet since the beach is narrow. A run starting at Grandview Beach to Moonlight Beach is just over a four mile run. And that's perfect to catch the beginning and the end of sunset. Along the run, you'll notice that the cliffs above the beach get steeper as you go towards Moonlight Beach. There are several homes perched above the water on the cliffs and you'll see many private access fold-down stairways and ladders that the homeowners can use when they want to take a jaunt on the beach from their backyards. So an absolutely great place to run Lucadia State Beach. When you're down in the Carlsbad, you know, just north of San Diego area, be sure to check this place out. It is awesome. Rounding out my top five. At number five, is Alki Beach in Seattle, Washington. A beach in Seattle? Yes, there is a beach in Seattle and it's called Alki Beach. Alki Beach is a 30 minute drive from downtown Seattle. From the beach, you get a gorgeous view of the Olympic Mountains and the downtown Seattle skyline. You can rent a stand up paddleboard or kayak if you wish. And there are plenty places to stop and get a bite to eat or drink along Alki Avenue. Alki Beach has a great paved boardwalk where you'll see runners, walkers, and bikers alike. A great way to see Alki Beach is to run the boardwalk, and that boardwalk is called the Alki Trail. A great place to start is Liberty Plaza, where you'll see a small-scale replica of the Statue of Liberty. From there, you can run north, along Alki Avenue, and you'll have awesome views of downtown Seattle. Along the way, you can stop at Alki Pier and get a great photo of that skyline. Continuing on from there, you'll curve around and you'll pass a really great seafood restaurant called Salty's on Alki Beach. And so the up and back from Salty's back to Liberty Plaza is about a four mile run. Alki Beach is located in what's called West Seattle. And West Seattle is best known as a laid back residential area with plenty of coffee houses, casual eateries, and funky shops. So, all this is why Seattle's Alki Beach makes my top five. So, if you're in Seattle, Washington, and you have some time and you want to see a great beach in the Pacific Northwest, and some great views of the Seattle skyline, then definitely pay a visit to Alki Beach. You will really enjoy it. That's crazy good. So I want to talk about now really great place I've been going to quite a bit lately, and it is called Kava, spelled C-A-V-A. So Kava is a casual dining a Mediterranean themed um, eatery, restaurant, uh, if you will. And I would say that uh, they kind of uh, borrow 
the Chipotle concept, if you will. So for those of you who've been to Chipotle, a lot of people have, you know, you walk into a Chipotle and then you have all these different choices that you can have, a burrito, a bowl, um, you choose a different kind of meat that you want, and then all the different toppings that you want to go into it. So you're choosing from a pre-selected, um, you know, selection of items that you custom build more or less. So that is a similar concept that Kava is using, um, but they're doing it with a Mediterranean spin. So their food is, in my opinion, just amazing. It's crazy good. It's very, very flavorful. So let me tell you a little bit more about it. So Kava um, starts off with um, you build it. That's their concept. You build it. So you walk in and they feature like salads. So they have all different kinds of greens that you can choose from. And then if you're building a salad, if you're having them build it for you, you know, your selections of salads or greens are super greens uh, or like organic arugula, spinach, romaine, or what they call splendid greens. And then to the salad, you can add grains. So you can mix your favorite grain along with the salad that you have. Um, you can also choose from a mini pita. Um, and then you can also make a grain bowl. So the grain bowl consists of saffron basmati rice or brown basmati rice or black lentils. And then they also uh, feature seasonal soup. So that changes just depending on what time of year it is. Um, so what I generally have when I go to Kava is I have uh, basically like their, their pita, if you will. And I'm a meat eater, so I do a combination. Um, so I actually do their grilled chicken, um, which is flavored with lemon, oregano, and salt and pepper. And then I also do their grilled meatballs. So I do what they call a half and half. So half of it is chicken, half of it is the grilled meatballs. And the gr grilled meatballs are made up of ground beef and they're spiced and flavored with lemon, onion, and parsley. So I like to mix those two and have them put it in the pita for me. And then the other unique thing that they do is they allow you to choose up to three different dips and or spreads. So let me tell you what those dips and or spreads are. Um, they feature an eggplant and red pepper dip. That's roasted baby eggplant, roasted red bell peppers, Greek yogurt, and fresh herbs. They also have a, a spread or sauce that's called tzatziki, and that's made with Greek yogurt, fresh shredded cucumber, and spice. And they also have crazy feta, which is jalapeno-infused feta mousse made with Greek feta cheese. They have hummus, which I love, and it's made of chickpeas pureed with tahini, lemon juice, fresh garlic, and kosher salt. And then they have harissa, and harissa is a traditional spicy table spread made from tomatoes and peppers. And then finally, they have roasted red pepper hummus, which is fresh roasted red peppers pureed with chickpeas, tahini, and garlic. So like I mentioned before, you can choose up to three of those to spread on your pita bread. And then, of course, you add the meat. And then you're not done yet. Now you get to choose your favorite toppings. So you can choose from the following. Shredded romaine, pickled onions, cabbage slaw, 
tomato and cucumber salad, pita crisps, mint, white bean salad, and that is made up of cool beans, which are cannelloni beans, fresh basil, parsley, dill, and lemon juice. And then they also have tomato and onion salad, kalamata olives, cauliflower quinoa tabule, diced cucumber, lemon wedged, crumbled feta, and Fresno peppers. So that tops your pita. So when this thing is done, uh, it's huge. I mean, it, it is a meal in and of itself. Um, and I almost missed one last thing, and that's the dressings. They also allow you to choose dressings that you can put on your salad or your pita. And those dressings are the sriracha Greek yogurt, which I've had, that one's kind of spicy. And they have lemon herb tahini, green harissa, Greek vinaigrette, yogurt dill, and spicy lime tahini. So if your mouth isn't watering already, as I read through all these different toppings and stuff you can put on your pita or your salad, um, then you, you, know, you just gotta try it. And you, know, you can go to kava.com and check out their menu and pictures of the food. But I will tell you, uh, it's really a great experience. It fills me up every time I'm there. Um, the food is, is always fresh. They also have a great selection of fresh pressed juices. Um, and they're like fusion blends. So it's like watermelon and mint. Or um, like strawberry mixed with, um, I forget actually what it is. But it's amazing. So And they have like five different ones of those. So... If you're looking for something that's healthy and you want to try something different, there are several locations of Kava around. There are several in Southern California, and they also um, have some in Connecticut, uh, Washington, D.C., Massachusetts, Maryland, North Carolina, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. So um, stop in and have uh, some great food at Kava. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Up and Running Podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing about my top five picks for West Coast running spots. All of them are very special to me. I look forward to running again in those places each time that I can, and I hope that you have an opportunity to run there as well. I want to thank all of you who've been listening to the show and as mentioned before, please share the show. Tell others about it so the show can continue to grow. You can find me on Instagram at runwitpaul. That's R-U-N-W-I-T-P-A-U-L. And I will be posting some pictures of some of the places I mentioned today and also some of the food at Kava. So you can see that. I also want to share that I'm very excited to be partnering with the Plymouth Run Turkey Trot that takes place in the city of Yorba Linda, California this year. And each year they do a run there. They do a 5K and a 10K race. And so this year I am one of their ambassadors. So stay tuned because over the next several weeks I will be sharing with you a code that you can use. And if you're registering for the race and i hope you do you can actually use the uh, discount code that i'll provide here on the podcast to register and um, get a little bit of a discount on your registration fee 
So again, that is the Plymouth Run Turkey Trot race that takes place in Yorba Linda, California. And I'm very, very excited to be an ambassador for them this year. So with that, have a wonderful rest of your weekend and have a fantastic next run.